This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I'm one of your hosts here on Unholstered, and I'm sitting alongside my co-host, Sophia. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Gatina. I am the law enforcement side of the show, and I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. So welcome. She's the law enforcement side. I'm the local media side. Uh, we have both teamed up. We've joined forces to share and tell all of the stories that don't often get told uh, when it comes to law enforcement, and particularly uh, when it comes to the Fort Wayne Police department. Sophia, I always look back on the Unholstered podcast, which, by the way, you can download any episode of Unholstered anywhere you download a podcast. But Sophia, I look back on our most downloaded episodes, (laughs) and I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm always surprised um, by the topics that are most downloaded. And clear back from like two, three months ago, our episode on impaired driving (laughs) just like went through the roof on our podcast page. Not really sure why, but it did. So I kind of felt like going into the summertime and just coming off of the 4th of July holiday that it's maybe important to revisit the topic of impaired driving. I agree. And I think so, you know, obviously kudos to everybody for really wanting to know information about drinking and driving. I don't know (laughs) if that's good or bad if we're drinking a lot more than we should. Or we want to know information so we can do it safely. So I'm going to go with the positive side of that. Okay, I like it. We're downloading information to do it safely. Um, But we brought back uh, Lieutenant Mays um, because he was on the show to Mm -hmm. begin with with impaired driving. And we're going to talk about impaired driving. We're also going to talk about some other subjects, too, um, in terms of impaired boating because I know that a lot of people around here go to lakes and we want them to be safe up there and make sure that no accidents happen that shouldn't happen. And we're also going to touch on a little bit of the impaired driving as it pertains to marijuana because I know we have a lot of Indiana people that go to Michigan mm-hmm. um, and partake and then come home and we want to know what you need to do here in Indiana because we are not a legalized state at this point. Well, let's just start here, uh, Tony. You know, when we say the words impaired driving, Does that just mean drinking or how do you define impaired driving? The impairment is anything that lessens your ability to drive or act in, for lack of a better way of putting it, a normal fashion. Um, Your reaction times are going to be slower. Uh, Your decision making is going to be slower. Uh, Things like that and Anything that you enter into your, that you put into your system, alcohol, drugs, whatever, have a tendency to impair you to some degree. And the more you partake, alcohol or drugs, then the more impaired you're liable to be. And the thing is, you don't have to be above the legal limit, that .08 for alcohol, Mm -hmm. let's say, um, to have signs of impairment. You can start showing signs of impairment as as low as .05. It Kind of it goes depend on how novice of a drinker you may be. Um, there are some people who may wake up with you know at, at a point oh eight because that's just their lifestyle and you wouldn't know it. So the the impairment part of it, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna like I said affect your reflexes, your decision making, and and your ability to to handle a situation as maybe you normally would. What other things? So is it just, are we just strictly talking alcohol and drugs? Are there any other categories of impairment? A drowsy driver, somebody who has worked a double shift or uh, recently changed their work shifts and their sleep cycles are are off. Um, And a a person who is sleep deprived, who's behind the wheel, will exhibit the same kind of symptoms as 
impaired driver by either alcohol or um, uh, sedative type narcotic drugs. So just being tired, being fatigued and getting behind the wheel can have the same effect. I tell you what, we were driving home from the 4th of July holiday. My husband and I were visiting family near Lima, Ohio. And I swear on the way there and on the way back, we ran into all kinds of, and I'm going to call them impaired drivers. Again, I couldn't tell if people were tired, if they were drunk already at 11 a.m. <laughs> I sure hope that wasn't the case. But we particularly, there was one driver that we were behind. behind and I swear, we were going like 18 miles per hour following this person. We couldn't pass him yet. We finally got in a passing zone and did pass the car. But to me, like, is that a for sure sign that you're getting pulled over if you're only going like 18 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour speed zone? I was like, I need to ask Sophia that. <laughs> Asking me all these questions. <laughs> uh, yes, that that's a good way. Because not only speeding an issue, but actually going way under the speed yes. limit could be a sign of impaired driving because some drugs slow your capacity down. So you're you think you're doing... You know, A, when you're really doing B. Um, and sometimes, you know, and I want to really point this out that I know people always think it's illegal drugs only, but prescription mm -hmm. drugs that are given to you mm. by prescription also cause impairment. And you shouldn't be driving if you're taking certain medications. And on the medicine bottle, it does say, do not operate heavy machinery. Mm -hmm. Your car is heavy machinery. So I just want to point that out. We're not talking just illegal drugs. We're talking prescription drugs as well, because those can be just as um, deadly for people on the road as illegal drugs. But it's like going 18 in a 45 mile per hour speed zone. Is that, are, are police officers allowed to pull someone oh, yeah. over yes. for that? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, the, the law would be that, you know, anything you know, like if you see the posted highway, let's say I-69, for example, sure. you know, you'll see that it's a 65 mile an hour zone, which we all know is kind of suggest suggestive. <laughs> um, but you said it, yeah. not me. <laughs> reality is what reality is. It's but you know, the, there are some areas that you'll see you know minimum speed limits, mm -hmm. um, and so if you're going below that, you're going to get our attention. Uh, you're, A, if nothing else, creating a traffic hazard yeah. because people are not anticipating somebody that slow mm -hmm. ahead of them unless they've got, you know, like the, the proper warning, you know, flashing lights sure. or triangles, you know, the slow-moving vehicles. This you driver know. did not, let's put <laughs> it know. that way. Um, but, yeah, if you got somebody who's who's obviously driving that slow, whether they, it could be an impairment issue, it could be a medical issue, we're not going to—we don't know until mm -hmm. we pull them over. And that's the one thing we want to make sure— is that the bottom line is they're safe and the rest of the motoring public around them is is safe as well. So yeah, you're going to get our attention and we're going to we're going to pull you over. In a scenario like ours, should we have called the police or what should we do when you're like coming up on this person who's going at a solid 18 miles per hour in a 45? Yeah, that would have been a time you to yeah. make a phone call to the police, just like you would if someone was running off the road and mm -hmm. repeatedly running off the road. It's the same thing. If nothing mess, we're just going to check on them, making sure everything's okay. If Because sometimes, you know, uh, and, and as some people get older, um, they have a tendency to drive way slower than what, mm -hmm. like Tony said, is what something people are expecting, and they can cause traffic accidents doing that. So we just want to make sure they're okay. And, and sometimes it's it's hard because I have, as I have older parents too. You know, mm -hmm. when comes a time when you need to pull that ability to drive away from your parent? And um, we see that a lot. Yeah, really? we we yeah. see that a lot. Where there's um, families will have those issues of what do we do if. You know, and, and I don't want to be the bad guy in the family yeah. to, to make that decision. So what can you, police officer, do? We've had calls. It's like, 
is there a form you can fill out? It's is there something? And and actually there I is. I say, is there? <laughs> there is. There, there's no a form, There is a form that we that that can be filled out. Um, and we've we've done it uh, on behalf of family members and attached copies of crash reports, where the Bureau of Motor Vehicles will say, hey, you need to go in and get medically evaluated to see whether or not. Um, you still have the faculties with which to drive. Well, I can see that going over like a lead balloon, though. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's not a good position yeah. to be in. and and That's the know, thunder in the background, for those of you who can hear it. You know, and, and family members struggle with that. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I had to struggle with it with my father. It's it's not a good position to be in. You know, that's that's the other side of, of all of that is what's behind the scenes of, of you know, a medically Im, uh, impaired individual. Let's talk about just being impaired in general, especially when you say, you know, 0.08, which is the legal limit, right, in mm-hmm. Indiana. It is. But what's 0.08 for me is not going to be the same as you, Tony, or you, Sophia. Yeah, and, and that goes into um, your your drinking practice, your drinking habits. Somebody whose body has, has, has accustomed itself to maybe more alcohol mm-hmm. um, over a however long of a period of time that they've been an active drinker. Um, I have seen people in investigations that they test twice the legal limit. And I'm looking at them. It's like, I'm shocked yeah. because they. Yeah, you can't even tell that they're impaired. See, you can't tell. Like, really? There are some things. There are standardized field sobriety testing. Some things, little hints of it may pop up. Because, like what? Um they're balancing coordination. Okay. Um, you've seen, you know, if you watch any of the, the TV cop shows and they're walking the line, mm-hmm. there's a specific manner with which they're they're supposed to do it. We describe and, and demonstrate for them that the way we want them to perform that walk in the line, it's nine-step test. And sometimes, you know, they may have just little hints of they're, they're not, they're, the heel isn't touching the toe with every step that they take. They're, they don't count every step out loud as they should. Mm. And, but some of those, you know, you know, you, you total all the, you total them all up to get your level of impairment. And some people who you look at them and thinking, okay, they're barely an 08, they're barely an 09, you know, and then they test a lot higher than what you think they are. It's because their bodies are used to that amount of alcohol in their system. And I don't know if it's medically correct, but their bodies reach that equilibrium mm-hmm. of, of how they function. And I, you know, I know of people who wake up and you know, have a mimosa, have a screwdriver, have a Bloody Mary for breakfast. That gets them back to that equilibrium area where they feel they need that. Like, we might need a cup of coffee in the morning. That's what they need to get their day started. And so seeing somebody who's, you know, their the level of impairment is going to be different based, like I said, on your history of, of, of alcohol use. Um, I'm a lightweight, and I know it. Same. You know, and it's... <laughs> and I know and, it. And, and, and so it's like, you know, you, if you pace your, you know, if... I, I may start with a with with a, a drink at the beginning of of a meal session, and the, I may nurse that thing halfway mm-hmm. through and finish off with water the rest of the time because I know, you know, not just from a professional standpoint, from a physical standpoint, yeah. uh, no, it's it's not for me. I mean, I enjoy it. I have my favorite drink. Sure, but 
you know, it's not like I'm going to go out with friends and and hit three or four or five. And if of you those do, Tony, that's what Uber's for, right? Right. <laughs> if I can remember how to dial Uber, that would be the problem. But for me, you'd <laughs> find that. me curled up on the floor in a corner somewhere. Which is yeah. still better than drinking and driving. Which is still it better. Is. It and is. I, you know, I was lucky enough to go through the process of for a recruit class drinking and, and having them test me. So I knew how many how many drinks I had to what I ended up being. And and I remember at the end of that, and I only went at 08, so the legal, the bare legal, you know, minimum for drinking and driving. And I remember feeling so horrible. Like I went home and I went right to bed, and I'm like, at I the was legal limit of at the 0.08. legal limit of point oh eight. I am not a heavy drinker. I, I do like to drink, but I don't drink a lot mm-hmm. um, well, at any given time. And similar when I was being when I was going through the initial training to be a, a breath test operator for the department, we were doing we split the class up. Half of us drank one day, half of the other half drank and tested. And there's mathematical formulas which I won't get into, but you know, it's like based on how much I weighed, mm-hmm. how much alcohol I would consume. And that period of time should get me about a point one three, which is what I was supposed to be. That's what you had to get that, up that, to. That's what yeah. my oh, test limit man. was. That's, I was that was my test subject uh, limit, and we were in um, a large auditorium setting. And I remember my seat was in the middle of like the third row from the front, and I don't remember much about getting to the outside aisle, other than I kicked <laughs> almost every chair getting there. I. Remember waiting in the hallway thinking, I got this, and was trying to practice my nine step walk and turn in the hallway on the lines on the tile. And I kept banking into the wall. It's like, <laughs> I, you know, it's it was. Similar it's, thing, you, you know, you know you, it, it was like, it was, it, it didn't seem like a lot at the time until you experience it. And then it's like, okay. It was an eye opener. Yeah. What is that sobriety field test? Is it so? It's the nine steps, and again, I think of the cops TV shows. Is it the, the finger on the yeah, nose? Well, there's or? there's three things in the standardized okay. field sobriety test. There's horizontal gaze nystagmus, which is an involuntary movement of your eyes. Okay. Everybody has it. Okay. You can't control it. It is, you know, the only. The, there are people who may have had some traumatic brain injuries. I say, I got a lazy eye, so that, I don't know. That have it, that um, it'll, it'll show um, without any alcohol or mm-hmm. drugs in their system if they've had some type of brain injury. Um, in, in general terms, though, it's, the, uh, it's an involuntary movement. We check vertically. We check horizontally. I'm doing this like people can see my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> we, we, we do it vertically and we do it horizontally. And the more the the more of an impaired substance you have on in your person, it can be drugs and it can be alcohol. There are some drugs that will also show up um, in horizontal gaze. Um, the your eyes will start they'll twitch, kind of back and forth. And the more you've got on board, the more exaggerated that twitching mm-hmm. becomes. So we can see it, and we can see it at what's called an angle of onset when we reach a certain point. Where we know that, you know, if you if if it onsets before this, the higher it is, the farther out you go, the lower it is. Okay. Um, so you've got the horizontal gaze. You've got uh, the nine step walk and turn, which we talked which, about. This you know, is this is one foot in front of the other. You, right? you start with your left foot on the line and your right foot. Already, already, wow. For example, like you're wearing you're wearing flip flops. I would give a, I would give an individual the opportunity. 
take to take those off, off and do it, yeah, yeah, or heels or anything okay. that's going to affect your balance. It is much, you know. And there are some people who are, you know. That I they will have done it in construction boots, and it's like, oh, yeah, wait, well, these are kind of heavy. I'm, I'm not used to it. Well, take them off. Yeah. Do it in your bare feet. You know, give them every ample opportunity to show me that I'm wrong, that you're not as impaired as I think you are. And you have to count each step, then, you right? Count, as you, you, do look, it. you look down at your line, your hands stay at your side, and you count each step out loud. When you get to the ninth step, it should be your left foot that's still on the floor. Then you pivot in three short steps to your left. Going going back, and, and that's the ninth step. And there are clues that we look for with that. They're not counting out loud. They raise their arms. Right. They have to reach for their, you know, like yeah. where we are in, in a controlled area. Um, I just got up know. and nailed yeah. it. Impaired so people don't follow directions well. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. That's the yeah. whole point. And that's the other point of it. You know, uh, because, you know, as you're going through there and people like to get all funny and fancy and, oh, I can do this. And they start and then they mess it up completely. And but the whole point is, like, impaired people just don't follow directions. Yeah. And, and, and they, they forget. Yeah. They, they forget that what it is you told them or the order you told them in. And the third one is, is uh, it's a one-leg stand. Whichever, oh, so you don't do the nose? Is that there, that's false? for the you no? Know, well, there there's a a, a more uh, in depth testing um, that includes um, the finger to the nose. Um, it's uh, another one that's uh, a, it's called Romberg thirty, which is uh, you just basically stand there, kind of at attention, close your eyes, tilt your head back a little bit, and you estimate however you feel like doing thirty seconds. And usually as people are doing that, you'll watch them and they'll kind of start doing this weeble wobble kind of look. What's Those, it called? A weeble wobble no, the, look. No, the Romberg 30? The Romberg 30. It was a test divider huh. designed by this doctor. And basically you stand there and you start, you basically they start out pretty well. And then the longer it goes, the more they try to either compensate in their mind for what yeah. they think is happening, but then they kind of start to wave back and forth, or you'll see them kind of circle as they're standing there, aye, aye, aye. you know, and things like that. So there, there's a series of the, this battery the, of tests. And what's the one leg stand? The one leg stand, you you stand with your feet together, hands down at your side, and whichever. And we ask some Kayla's doing this right now. Some <laughs> not very well. Questions I'm of you know, do, do you have? Ha, um, are you feeling okay? Do you have any problems yeah. with your ear, inner ear, you know, any, any, um, or, or do you have any congestion that pr- that's putting pressure, you know, because the station tubes, you know, if you've got an earache or something that can, that can mess with your balance and your, and, and, and things like that. So we want to make sure basically kind of a head to, head to toe inventory. Do you have any problems with your hip, your back, your knees, your oh, ankles, God. anything that would cause you to not be able to do this or that would cause you pain while you're doing it? And then... We have them. Their hands are at their side, and we, it's. Hands are at your side, yep. and then whatever foot you choose, you raise that You raise that about six inches off the floor, and you point your toe straight ahead. Not up in the air, no. straight ahead. Hands are, again, down at your side, and while you're looking at I'm a yogi, toe, so I got this. Yeah, well, I was a cheerleader <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. You, go, you, you, you count out loud, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, and you keep counting like that until I tell you to stop. Oh, jeez. If you feel like you're going to lose your balance before I tell you to stop, and you put your foot down, if I have not told you to stop, you pick that same foot back up and resume counting from where you left okay, off. Okay, fair enough. And that's where some of the times it messes people up, because they'll get, usually, if they've got impairment, they'll usually somewhere about the 10, 11, 12, 13 mark, they start to wobble and they put their foot down and then they pick back up and then it's like 
I realized was I I've done something else, and it's like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. <laughs> and they tried to get to 30 real quick. Yeah. You know, and they try to compensate. So is that what it is? That. A 30 second hold is what it's you're basically looking for? a 30. It's yeah. roughly a 30 second hold. And sometimes people will. It'll take them forever to get to 30. Some of them will will just you know they'll put their foot down and go nope ain't happening, and and they know. And and it's those things, those type of things, which is kind of a reality check for them, that, you know, that they can't, that, that they're, yeah. they've got some. Impairment. Maybe I am impaired. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do something. I was simple. like, you want to know? I just did it for thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, and, and I'll even tell some. You know, I'll have young individuals that are going. You know, I can't do. You know, you've been practicing. It's like, dude, I'm I'm I can see sixty from where I'm standing. Yeah. I'm I'm twice your age, yeah. and I'm doing it. You know. So it can be done. It's just easier if you're not impaired. So yeah. then how does this translate then? You, you brought up boating, Sophia. I mean, yeah. it is lake season. We have tons of people driving up to the lake every weekend. Same rules apply for operating a boat while yes. impaired? It, yes. it's, a, it's a sea misdemeanor um, for your first offense if you're operating a, a motorboat. We're not talking rowboats. Um, the classification is if it's a motorized, it includes jet skis. Mm. So um, a motorized unit, including sailboats, if they are under the power of a motor, you know, like a, a uh, getting into port or pulling out or, if you know, the winds aren't conducive to, to operating the sail. If, if it's a motorboat, um, it's, it's a sea misdemeanor and that it graduates similar to uh, a, a DUI charge uh, with an automobile if you've got a prior if you've got serious bodily injury or if it causes a death, it, it'll raise to a level six with injury, with serious bodily injury, and it'll raise to a level five felony if you cause a death while you're impaired operating your motorboat. So they're the same kind of standards as you are with a motor vehicle because okay. they are just as dangerous. Think about, think about it, especially this July 4th weekend. I, I saw a lot of people, a lot of friends were at the lake, and you just see like the sandbars are just full mm-hmm. of people, full of boats, people out in on the sandbar. Imagine if someone drunk runs through that entire yeah. group of people. It's the same as you do with a vehicle. Well, it's the same dangerous concept. And, and, and even... And even if you take the, the motor boat out of it just for the safety stand safety practice of, of somebody, you know, um, what you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be swimming, you know, if you if you've had too much to drink because you lose, you know, if, if you go underwater, oh, geez, there are yeah. people that will lose where the surface is. Yeah, they're disoriented. They're, they become that disoriented. They they get out too far. They turn. They get twisted around, and they don't realize where shore might be or how far they've gone out. Um, and, and so, and, and, you know, even, you know, if, if you got a boater who's, you know, all by themselves and, you know, in a canoe or a kayak or something like that, and it were to capsize, you know, your, your, your sense of recovery, you know, if, even if you're a trained, you, you've been, you know, kayaking or canoeing for a long time, if you're, you know, you know what to do in the event of a capsize. You introduce drugs or alcohol into that, and and bad things can happen. You lose your sense of orientation. Where is up? What do I got to yeah. do? How do I release myself? If that's the case, you know, all, all those things. You you go into that panic mode. You don't. You lose track of what it is you're supposed to be doing. What about, um, so for example, we're talking about the lake. My family, we were up at the lake uh, over the weekend. We have some friends who have a place on Coldwater Lake in Michigan. 
So uh, there was a lot of conversations going on about marijuana. And because I, I, I kept saying to my husband, I wonder how many people out here, because it's legal in Michigan. I was like, man, I wonder how many people are operating a boat right now. And they're just stoned out of their minds. Because we had my little girl, we were out on the boat. And I just, I didn't like it. It actually made me uneasy because of the large number of people that were out there. And I just am like, hey, any of these people could be high right now. Right. <laughs> so it's smoking marijuana is, quote unquote, legal in Michigan. Driving a boat while smoking marijuana or not. impaired, not. Yeah. Just the same as a car. So you treat it like you would alcohol, right? And and people always think, well, you're safer driving marijuana, or smoking marijuana and driving than you are drinking. I'm like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's yeah. not the case. And there are studies that prove that. And I mean, I think people have this I, fallacy that, that marijuana is so much more better for you than, than alcohol. And, you know, as time progresses, I think we'll see a lot more. Because the marijuana of today is not the marijuana of... You know, my time the growing 70s? up, the yeah, sixties, seventies, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hear all these people. I'm not eating GMO corn, but you'll do GMO marijuana, right? You know, all the marijuana now is g- genetically modified because you, as you go into these these stores, you see like twenty, thirty different brands. And they all kind of do different things for you. Apparently, I don't know. I don't not a Talking not a marijuana experience, Sophia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not me. But they have a target audience. Yeah. Or yes, a, tar- a, a target customer base of, yeah. of you know, and 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 I'm not a smoker of either venue, but, you know, like a cigarette smoker, there are those who like menthols versus mm. non-filters, okay, you know, and, and things like that. So, so okay. their target customer base, you know, mm. they want something mild or they want something sweet or they want something that's got to be a little heavier. You know, it's, uh, and like Sophia said, they're, 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 they're genetically or chemically you know, manipulating these to get that fine of what it is that they're looking for um, to to appease to a mass uh, customer base. But a good rule of thumb, though, is same rules apply with marijuana yeah. as alcohol. Stay out of the car. Even in Michigan, the, Indiana, stay wherever. The, yep, stay out of the behind the wheel of a car. Stay out of behind the wheel yeah. of a boat. Alcohol's legal. What you do with it may be Correct. illegal. Yeah. Same thing. I did not anticipate getting the leg workout that I got today, Tony, uh, after we bring you back in from my standing on one leg. Um, I can't even believe we're already out of time. It happens. Wow, that was quick. Every, I know. I'm like, it every happens every time. So quick. My right leg is a little sore because it was shaking there for a hot second. But I appreciate you coming back. I know we're having fun and we, you know, have laughed a lot. But I, I still feel like it's a wildly important topic, especially right now with summertime, yeah. lake season on us. It seems like there's more parties, there's more drinking, more drugs. It yeah. does. And, and, and I'm glad we can provide this information. I'm glad we have people like Tony that are so Me too. knowledgeable about this. You know, extends far beyond my knowledge because he's really he's really honed in on the drinking and mm-hmm. driving and traffic stuff or I've kind of gone a different way with my career and, and things that I've done. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I can bring these people on that have this. So if you have any questions, you can always text us at the text line. We'll get them answered. And, mm-hmm. and if we need to bring a, Tony back for another show to answer all the questions, we will do that. So this is your show to our listeners and let us know where you want us to go. Tony could be our, our third host here. On yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> As it is your second time and back, Tony. Apparently people want to know all about the drugs and alcohol <laughs> apparently, and driving. Apparently. If you have missed a previous episodes like the one we've done on impaired driving before with tony or any other previous episodes of unholstered you can download us anywhere you download a podcast your town your team your topics this is unholstered thanks for listening to unholstered be sure to subscribe to us on spotify apple or wherever you listen and remember you can listen every saturday morning at 10 30 on whoa whoa 1190 and 1075 fm
podcast by Federated Media. Mm-hmm.